Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we are going to geek out about Buffy. Today's episode is season four, episode 13, The Eye and Team. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Well, it's fun because like this is when stuff starts actually happening in this season. That's actually what I wrote at the end. <clears throat> I have issues with things in this episode, but overall, it's a good moving forward episode yeah. that like kicks everything off. Yeah, and I don't want that to sound like an insult either, because like stuff has happened in this season oh, so yeah, yeah, far, yeah. and I don't want it to sound like I'm comparing season four to season three, which we have no. both now agreed is our least favorite season. But yes. I do, I do think that it's all part of the like the point of this season is that everything kind of had to take this long to get to the point that we're at because right. we had to have these informing moments with the characters. Yeah. And we still, we're going to have, you know, random, random episodes. I, I gotta say, I just finished superstar for my art piece. I was I cannot, gonna say, I cannot wait yeah. to talk about it because I have some thoughts. Woof. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be a fun conversation. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be something. Um, I didn't think I would have thoughts too. I was like, oh, it's Superstar, and then yeah. I watched it. I was like, oh boy. Hang on a um, minute. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that. So anyway, this is the episode for anyone following along and not watching along. <clears throat> this is the episode where Buffy joins the initiative. Yeah. Essentially, jo Buffy enlists in the military for Woof. all. For all intents and purposes, um, and b totally blows off her friends. Uh, we open on the Scoobies playing poker. Yeah, um, which is funny. I implore you, Nisa, blessed goddess of chance and fortune, heed my call. Send to me the heart I desire. You know, magic at the poker table qualifies as cheating. That wasn't magic. I was praying. And it's minus Buffy. Yep. And they're in Xander's basement. I'm like, that's that's part of it for me is I'm like, I why are you doing all of this stuff in Xander's basement? Yeah. Like Xander's basement sucks. Like oh, his, yeah. the basement sucks. His parents suck. Why are we always hanging out in Xander's basement? Like we find out later that Anya has her own apartment and it's also shitty, but it's yeah. away from like all supervision. And even if you're trying to make the argument that Buffy and Willow's dorm is the type where like guests have to check in, which is always annoying. I remember having to do that in college. Even if you're making that argument, which there's no evidence to support that. No. Even their dorm room is like three times the size of Xander's basement. Right. <laughs> like, go hang out anywhere else. <laughs> it's so annoying. I feel like it, it plays into the whole idea of just like we're scattered. Yeah. Nobody really knows where what to do because For we're sure. outside of that high school thing. So yeah, yeah I am, just, every every time we're down there, I'm yeah. like, Ugh, can we can we get to the magic shop already? <laughs> I am bringing an annoying amount of logic to the situation where yeah. I'm like, logically, this is the worst place for you to hang out. But I I do get from a narrative and storytelling perspective that it makes sense. Yeah, it's good. Um, Xander fell for a pyramid scheme, essentially. <laughs> it is a pyramid scheme, isn't it? <laughs> what you got in the box is drugs. It's not drugs, is it, Xander? It's great, too, because it's like... I, I, I like watching Xander try to figure out 
what he's going to do. Yeah, like yeah. what his thing is. And he he does. He he gets into construction and he finds like a purpose in that. And yeah. then in the comics, you know, he's he's I think he continues control. I mean, he's a general in season yeah. 8, but I think once they kind of break from that I army think he goes idea, back to it think, in I San Francisco. Construction, yeah. Here's the other thing too. I'm very curious um what well, it's going to be like months from right now when I finally find out. I want to know what the Elysian Fields people think of Xander working construction because I always liked it and thought it was correct for his character and also smart from a storytelling perspective because he could fix the house whenever it breaks and stuff like that. I always thought it fit actually kind of perfectly with Xander as a person, like as a person, as a man, as a character, I think it's great. But I know that there are people in the fandom that think Xander working construction is bad and stupid. And I don't really understand those people. So I'm very curious. Yeah. They just think it's like the, it's like so out of character and all of this stuff. I'm like, what do you think he should be doing? Yeah. What, what is in character for Xander? That's like the only thing I think he should be doing aside from being a house husband while Anya takes the business world by storm. (laughs) I'm fine with that too. I don't know. Construction always for me sat so perfectly within what we know and understand of Xander. Yeah. So, and it worked so well with the, yeah. uh, like you said, with the narrative structure of like everything needing to get fixed all the time. It's yeah. like, oh, well, we have this person who can do that. Exactly. Like if, if my brother lived out, my brother runs a construction company over on the East Coast. If he lived out here with me and yeah. shit got like, and I, you know, Emma was a slayer and demons exactly. were attacking, I'd be like, <laughs> Travis, can you fix our window or can you fix the counter? Like, a hundred percent. I don't know. And, and also, like, even with, I had worked almost six years in construction in the office, but like, I've yeah. been around a lot of construction guys and general contractors and stuff. There's something about Xander's personality that just sort of yeah, works with it. It makes sense. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there, but not, you're not trying wrong. to be a dick, but it makes sense. <laughs> um, and then I I love Anya saying yes. We've enjoyed spanking yep. and Xander losing the cards. It's all I always <laughs> laugh so loud with that. You know how it is with a spanking new boyfriend. Yes, we've enjoyed spanking. It's such a perfect reaction. Here's the thing, too. Is it something about... That's one of the things about Anya that I like so much is that she is so sex positive. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes from her being as old as she is because yeah. she's just like, it's... Everyone has sex, man. Like... Yeah. Why do you have to you? be weird about it? Yeah, why do you have to be weird about it? It's not embarrassing. Willow's had sex. You've had sex. I've had sex. We've all... Everyone that we know has had sex. Like, just stop being so prudish about it and i think that's a very american sensibility is to be so puritanical about sex and it really frustrates me so whenever there's a convert or a person character like anya i always gravitate towards them because i'm like thank you (laughs) thank you she also is i will say the only female character in this show who is sex positive and never portrayed as villainous yeah yeah i i was actually just about to say that i was like it's i mean they definitely shame her but that yeah that's less i feel like that's less of what the show tends to do which yeah. like you you have pointed out they villainize women being confident sexually i think it's more like um the just accurate to like you said the the american sensibility of yeah. like oh hush hush we shouldn't talk about that exactly like, 
And I do think it's the the difference is important that even though she's still being shamed for it, which is gross in a different way, Anya and her sexual like the fact that she's sexual is never part of making her villainous. In fact, the right. the times when she is villainous, like in season three, when she's introduced, she's not sexually like aware or like presenting at all, aside from well, the fact and, that she's beautiful. And, and another way to look at it, too, is like it's the things like when Jenny was sexual, we're meant to to be like, oh, no, we're yeah. meant to fear what she's doing because she's being sexual with Giles in that moment. Yeah. And with Anya, we as the audience enjoy her openness about her sexuality. Like, right. we think it's fun. We think it's funny. We enjoy everything she's doing. And it's the people around her based on the American society yeah. of like, let's let's keep that quiet. Don't talk about that. But we, the audience, yeah. never feel like it's a bad thing that she's doing it. Of course. And like to just spend a little more time on Anya in a very Riley <laughs> and the Initiative heavy <laughs> episode. <laughs> I, I think... Um, I think what's interesting, too, is that, like, I guess in the Doppelgangland episode, you could argue that she's being evil as a human because mm-hmm. she's trying to, like, get back her amulet and her power and everything. However, what I will say, and one of the things that makes me like her in an equal and similar amount to Spike is the fact that once she became human, she didn't really keep trying to be evil. Right. She could have still done evil shit as a human and yeah. she didn't. She was like, well, this is my lot in life. I may as well go a hundred percent all in on it. Yeah. And I, I think love it. that's very interesting. It's a very interesting thing. And a, a moment or like a, a realization that I came to about the fact that I'm furious. The two of them didn't have more scenes together. Yeah. Like just oh, the two of them yeah. like commiserating. Like they never yeah, do. They could have yeah, they could have really dived into so many different aspects of like what yeah. what their thought process. Like obviously not on the nose dialogue, but the show's very good with dialogue. I'm sure it would ha- be handled very well, but yeah. like the two of them talking about going through that same transition and Absolutely. ultimately ending up at the same place. Um, it's really great. And I think it's underdeveloped, like the Anya aspect of her going to being good. Yeah. But in a very matter of fact way, it's just like, I feel like we should talk about this because that was a hard transition from yeah. thousands of years of like torturing people. Right. <laughs> and enjoying it. And she talked about enjoying it. Yeah. To like, this is my lot in life. Also, also- we, we never really <laughs> get to a point where like, do we ever discuss whether or not Anya has a soul now? Right, yeah, that's we haven't talked about that, and that uh, that's the next point I was going to bring up is there's constantly reference to and jokes about Anya being an ex demon. Yeah, when when around the initiative, when around the Watchers Council, it's always these nerves, and part of me is like, but you're human, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're not like you're not like Doyle. You don't have the demon in you, but you just don't have any powers. Like right. you're straight up human. So it's irrelevant what you were yeah. because nothing can be done. It's just human blood inside of you unless because that's what they've given us. I mean, obviously, there could be headcanon and retcon and sure. all these things where, <laughs> oh, actually, no, she does have a little bit of demon in her or you know whatever. But like from what we've been given, she's just a human. So, yeah. And, and yeah, in that degree, I don't know. She she must have a soul, but then is it like you said? Is did she have a soul when she was a demon? Yeah. And if not, was she re-ensouled when she lost the thing? And how? Yeah, because did that okay, because <laughs> I love 
First of all, I love that like this two minutes opening scene that's irrelevant to the rest of the No, it doesn't matter at all. I'm just so curious. This is the kind of stuff that like, you know, to be overly hyperbolic, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me awake at night because I'm like, okay, so you're telling me Anya was born as a human with a soul, presumably. She was like, you know arguably autistic and so people didn't know how to deal with her when she was alive as a human and so she ended up becoming or like being elevated is what she calls it to hoffer and elevated her to become a demon does that take away the human part of her or does it just add something extra in which case did she have a soul the entire time in which begs further questions about like And makes it even more impressive that now that she's mortal again, she's not continuing to do evil. We know she can do magic. She's not doing magic. I don't know. It's just, it's all very, you muddied your own soul argument to the point where it only factors in on Angel and Spike. And I can't allow that. It's so (laughs) annoying. Yeah, they need to really refine their lore. Yeah. And, and, And I was just thinking about too, the, the elements of Cordelia, and Angel the series, yeah, it's like she one hundred percent. There's no way they would have written it into the lore that she lost her soul. When exactly, she demon powered. So yeah. it's like, yeah, then most likely Anya had her soul, which means she had a soul while doing this for thousands of years. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, I can't I get know. behind it. You, it's like you need <laughs> to be more black and white, or you need to be more gray. But they're right. in this weird part. Where it's like only black and white when it pertains to two characters and then everything else is in shades of gray. And I'm like, you can't, you just can't do that. You can't do that. (laughs) So also because then like, I'm sorry, no, I'm not done yet. Because then (laughs) our like, our human murderers, are their souls like broken somehow? Do they have like deficient souls? Like what? Like, like in this episode, I'll, I'll pull it back around. I'll, I'll make it full circle in this episode. Is Maggie Walsh's soul deficient or defective in some way that allows her to do these things as a human? I have a lot of thoughts about Maggie okay. Walsh. Okay. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. All right, it. let's uh. get into the rest of the episode and we can circle back to this when we get there. <laughs> I just, I got heated today. We took a week off and I, did, I got heated. <laughs> I think the soul thing is definitely, it's unfortunately not very well massaged within the entire lore of the series because of Spike and Angel. They treat it like such a... And Spike is less so than with Angel, and I think the the muddy headcanon verse kind of what you're presented is like Angel's not... 100% 100% a completely different person and no and you know there's the arguments on both sides of whether or not that's true right um so but yeah I think the way they're presented with Spike and Angel makes it muddy with everything else so sure it's just constantly yeah anyway <laughs> moving along to s- scene number two <laughs> we just spent five hour episodes on the things that aren't in our episode um Buffy running a simulation with the initiative. Mm-hmm. I like that Graham like legitimately is impressed by Buffy. I like Graham. I like, like Graham I just... too. Awesome, Buffy. See, you're a hit. He's just such a sweet. I mean this in the nicest way possible. He's such a sweet little dummy. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, and I really like Graham as well. And I wish that Graham and Forrest's characters had been switched because. Yeah. When Forrest, just a just a minute, cut that out. I didn't want to talk about. I didn't want to spoil that so hard. <laughs> I'll bleep that. Cut that out. 
Okay. When forest bleep. I'll I'll work around it. So, okay. I wish that Forrest and Graham's characters had been switched because Forrest becomes and starting before this episode, continuing in this episode and continuing in the future, Forrest becomes such an unbearable prick that I yeah. I can't I don't feel any sympathy when things don't go his way. It's very clear he is like in love with Riley, which I think we've mentioned before. That's yeah, that's what I was just going to say is in the later scene when he's pissed off that yeah. Riley chooses Buffy that it's his second. I'm like, this would be so much more bearable if the story was Forrest is in love with Riley. Yeah. This would be such a great story to watch like this friend who's in love with his friend get upset that he's falling for this girl because I think and and it's obviously it's been done a bunch now yeah in 2022 but back then it would have been great it would have been great story-wise irrelevant of the gay representation on the show and I'm sure the reason they didn't do it is because they were loading it all up on Willow and Tara and like but this is still just the year 2000 yeah it's way it's way too soon and I understand that but it's also like I think the issue is that, like, I like Graham as a character so much, and I like that guy as an actor, and I don't, I guess, understand why he gets so much less screen time than, like I said, this unbearable prick that only gets more unbearable until the last episode he's in. I think it's because he's so one-dimensional. He just is mad at Buffy the whole time. There's never, I'm never just, except for there's one moment when he's really great which is in Who Are You when okay. he's talking to Buffy, not Buffy. Yeah. And that scene, there's so much there's so much in his face and the way she treats him sure. where I'm just like, fuck. And it's hard to say without yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, spoiling a bunch and we'll get to it. But like, there's that one little moment where I'm like, oh, this this is like, I want to dive into that. Like yeah. what's going on inside his head? But they do, and they immediately abandon it. And then he's just back to being a dick the whole time it's like it's fun for an episode but like we gotta move from this but there just are like multiple there are multiple moments where graham is a presence and this episode is one of them and i think the next episode and then i believe he's in a season five episode i think he's in one scene in one season five episode oh yeah there are multiple scenes like i said when graham shows up and there's just something about the way he delivers his stuff the way they've characterized him presumably the way that actor is playing it that i just i i wish that he were the more prominent yeah like member of the initiative that's riley's friend and i just don't I also, from like a an inclusion and diversity standpoint, I don't like that they made the black guy angry and suck. Right. That, yeah, yeah. That's, that's mean that's and bad. Yeah. And it's like just another example of the character of color, like either meeting a terrible end like Kendra or just being terrible in general. And I'm like, right. I don't like this. Why are you yeah. making me do this? Do better. <laughs> yeah. Way do way better. Um, yeah, it's it's another one of those things, too, where it's like it would help, A, if Graham was around a lot more, and B, if Forrest was more, uh, not more likable, but less of a dick, it would make it easier to empathize with Riley being torn up about leaving the initiative in the A hundred percent. But when you surround him with dickheads and villains, you're just like, why do you have a problem with this? You are on the wrong side. But if you make yeah. it complicated, it's really interesting to watch. A hundred percent. I just like, it's it's that kind of stuff that just makes me very frustrated in, in general. 
with the way they characterize certain characters and how, like, in my opinion, utilizing Graham more than like this jealous douchebaggery coming out of Forest would just make for a more like a more interesting season. Because then obviously when that thing that I accidentally said earlier that I hope you cut out happens, I'm not upset about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I would be upset if that same thing happened to Graham. Right. Is my point. Yes, I agree. Even though he has so much less character and so much less plot and so much less story, that would be more upsetting to me. Well, and you would have the turmoil of yeah. other characters dealing with that. Absolutely. As, as opposed to just like, oh, well, now you're... Yeah, I'm like, good riddance. <laughs> as we speak in code for yep. 10 minutes. Also, um, I have to uh, backpedal just one second to where they're playing poker. Xander, the words that come out of Xander's my- mouth are... Riley's okay in an oafish kind of way but am i the only one with a big floating question mark over his head about this initiative thing he doesn't give a shit about riley i want everyone i want that on record right now for everyone yes remember, remember that. this in 25 episodes yes in the episode we saying. mentioned five minutes ago <sighs> remember what Xander just said about riley yeah um oh ugh. um i love that buffy disposes of the uh, disposes of them super fast so fast and i think that's another thing we should remember too because i i can't remember off the top of my head but there's there's some fights where i'm like buffy shouldn't be having this hard of a time sure um and i can't remember if they're with humans i'm pretty sure she's always incomparably incomparably stronger than humans um but just watching her dispose of essentially a squad of super soldiers in a matter of like 20 seconds. I'm yeah. like, you are elevated Buffy Summers. Yeah. So especially... I don't want to see you struggling with one vampire. No. And she even makes like kind of a kind, not that she held back, but that she was like trying to be modest, but yeah. it also, uh, professor Walsh also says that she kept them on the run for like 45 minutes or right. something like that. And so it's like, she kept them on their toes for 45 minutes and then dispatched them in like 25 seconds. Yeah. That's like a pretty huge deal. Yeah. Let's yeah. just remember that. We'll recall this whenever yeah. we come up on a fight. That's <laughs> Come on. Uh, Buffy and Willow talk over coffee. Willow's feeling lonely and left out and like Buffy's not with her. I'm, I end up on Willow's side by the end of this episode, actually within a couple scenes. In I'm this scene, uh, on Willow's side immediately. I, I and I know I I am too. I'm on Willow's <laughs> side in this scene. I just want to clarify like I'm like, "Oh, I get it." Um I see like in this coffee scene in particular, I'm like, "I see Buffy's, you know, it's an exciting new thing. She's got this new boyfriend. Everything's out in the open. She's never really experienced this because Angel was awful. She didn't get to do this with Scott Hope or Parker." And so like having this open relationship where he knows everything she's learning about this new world like i get buffy's excitement and like not paying attention to her friends i'm still on willow's side yeah and then i completely am against buffy in like two scenes well right here i'm like i see where buffy's coming from but i'm still on willow's side and then in a couple episodes i'm like jesus christ buffy how dense are you okay here's the thing <laughs> I physically cannot be on Buffy's side even in this scene because she is being absolutely disgustingly schmoopy. Riley just walked in. Do you want to let him know you're here? No. Just enjoying good stare. It's so gross. It's so bad. She also 
keeps drifting her eyes away from yeah. Willow. And it's no. like, yes, I I, t- I completely recognize and I understand the like new boyfriend aspect of it. And you're you're also totally right. It's a new type of relationship with, uh, you know, a man that she can tell all her secrets to. He's got he knows all about it because he's already doing the demon fighting and everything. But that doesn't mean you can neglect your friends, your, especially oh. your female friends. Like you, and also Buffy already got read the goddamn riot act for this in the beginning of season three. Like yeah. Willow is going through personal shit, and you should be able to tell that she is not acting like she normally acts. And the only yeah. reason you can't is because you're dick struck by this fucking nine foot monster. I just, <laughs> I, I simply I, can't. I'm one hundred percent with you. I am. Definitely on Willow's side, yeah. just to clarify to our listeners. No, no, I'm not I saying, know like, you are. I'm just, <laughs> it, I just like, I, I'm just like, I get so much more on Willow's side. In the a longer scenes. it goes, like, absolutely. Here, yeah. I'm just like, Buffy, you're an idiot. Yeah. You should definitely be paying attention to Willow. I understand, though, what you're going through. But yeah. then, like, in two scenes, I'm like, oh my fucking God, I am so over you. <laughs> She's just so, even in this scene, see, that's the thing is like, it takes, because, okay, I've also experienced this from the Willow side. Oh, boy. This exact thing where I'm like, I don't care as much about your boyfriend as I care about you. And so for you to make this this meeting where we are supposed to be having you and me time for you to be making that about your boyfriend means I'm not this friendship that that we've had for going on five years is not as important as this boy that you've known for one semester of school. I completely agree. Yeah, that's what's annoying. And just like I I God love Sarah Michelle Gellar. She does everything she can when she gets shit like this. But (laughs) this is not really in her wheelhouse. The acting (laughs) this way, behaving this way is not really. And that's not her smoopiness that. Yeah, that's not where her skill set lies. And so having to watch her do that and it's just like very over the top and it's just gross and and then she's just like she's scolding riley to willow about eating a twinkie yeah for lunch and i'm like get out of here with your bullshit (laughs) that's when that's when i check out i'm just like oh my what's the next scene he's an adult (laughs) man you're an adult woman he can eat whatever the fuck he wants for lunch also where was this energy when Scott Hope was food shaming you about right. the Jello? Like you're killing me. See, but she's taking on these things that she was uh, food shamed I by know, Scott it's Hope. Awful. All these, all these horrible men have just imparted <laughs> their bad traits onto Buffy, and we have to watch her work through it in live. I'm not a fan. <laughs> television. Um, but the next scene is Spike. The next so, scene is know, Spike. We get to we get a, a palate cleanser. Um, Giles shows up to pay him, essentially, for a new man. Much as it pains me to say it, um, I owe you a debt of gratitude for the help you provided me in my recent metamorphosis. Stuff the gratitude. You owe me more than that, mate. And Giles tries to uh, impart wisdom on him, like mm-hmm. maybe you're meant for a higher purpose, which is going to come back. Like, in, that's, that's definitely the path that the show is laying out for him. Yeah. Thinking about your um, affliction and... Uh, and you found discovery that you can fight only demons. Cast to me that um, <laughs> I realize this is completely against your nature, but uh, does it occur to you there may be a higher purpose? <sighs> you made me lose count. What are you still doing here? Talking to myself, apparently. Well, piss off then. This bit of business wraps up any I got with you and your slayerettes. 
From here on, I want nothing to do with a lot of you. I do like that Spike, as much as Spike says. And I don't want you crawling back here, knocking on my door, pleading for help the second teen witch's magic goes all wonky, or little Xander cuts a new tooth. We're through, got it? I like that you can tell that Spike actually does want to be involved like yeah he doesn't actively want to but subconsciously he want he doesn't want to be left out like he's alone he can't do anything and he likes to be like he likes to be annoyed by them yeah. he likes to be needed by them of course and, <laughs> yeah, yeah and i i i love the the nuance of the way he delivers his line where you're like you want that you definitely <laughs> want that so i have a couple of things about this scene the first is that i think i must have read it in a fan fiction at some point i thought giles <laughs> went way harder at him he basically convince him you mean yeah he basically says like one sentence and then he's like well all right i've tried everything i'm all out of options no you're not alone yeah. i always when he does it i'm like all oh, right this is where he's gonna give his big speech and he yeah. says a lot i'm like is that it no that's what? it <laughs> so that was actually kind of shocking to me today because i had for i had like conflated probably multiple yeah. fan fictions with this scene where like <laughs> where it actually does work on him yeah. and some of the fan where he's like you know what yeah i'll i'll give it a try i don't have anything else going on um, and the other thing is, I kind of feel like Spike's, I feel like this is not the crypt he ends up in. Either that or they end up styling it differently because it looks different. I think it's this, but yeah, I think they style it differently. I'm yeah. pretty sure it stays this crypt, but they might move his actual crypt to a different location. But it, most Because of it, I, I don't the think there's a step down into it. I think there is because he is was there? I died and he's like steps down the stairs after he shuts the door. Hmm. I'll have to pull it here. I'll pull it up right now. <laughs> You're like, let me tell you. Let me see. No, no, you you might be right. I could be. Totally I just wrong. don't. I just don't remember that. I always remember Buffy kicking the door in and then just walking straight in and not having to go down. Let's see. Let's see. When does she see? Her? She sees Spike right here, and he says, "I died." <laughs> no. No stairs? I don't... Oh, he's standing at the door for a long time. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like there's any stairs. <laughs> yeah, see, I think he moves. Oh, wait, hold on here. Oh, yeah, no, there's stairs. There's oh, there a wide are? shot. Okay. Yeah, there's a wide shot um, at like a tilted angle. She's walking through. There's, there's two stairs. I don't know if it's the same amount of stairs. I'm sure the set itself has changed, but yeah, the crypt is, crypt is in the same location, and okay. it's just decorated a lot more and clean. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> Sorry, that's fine. Everybody I, who just <laughs> experienced me. No, that's watching. fine. I just like I remember it it looking different in different seasons. And I know it's like obviously Spike starts like moving stuff around and like he, you know, makes the basement and everything, but I just like couldn't re I like I always remember the season four crypt looking so much different than the season five and six crypt. Yeah. So I think because <laughs> yeah, also because season four is just like not fully like decked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So once it's a living space, um, they change it up a bit. And same same happens with Angel's basement. They change it up a bit where <laughs> it's just like this dingy little thing and yeah. then it's like all of a sudden it's this beautiful spot. Well he has um, to have a place for his fucking antiquities, Trevor. You know, he's gotta have them on display. It's like gla glass shelved antiquities. That's right. Um Riley shows Buffy the initiative and uh she <laughs> is fucking... very impressed and it is, she is very, very basic. Big. <laughs> I was like I just This is a note, high school gym. <laughs> my first note was like this fucking empty ass warehouse. Like, 
<laughs> it does like a big music sweep too, and it yeah. like reveals. I'm like, mm-hmm. they don't. They don't even try to make it look impressive. No. It's just like it's in the middle of being built. <laughs> did I send you that TikTok or did you send me that TikTok where it was like people were making fun of it and they were, she was like, wow, what's that big empty space over there? Is that pitch is lined with tinfoil? Right. And it's just like, you're only, fi- you're, there's only two monsters down there. That's all right. you're working on. Like what else? Like, there's so much dead space in here. What yeah. are we doing? Like, why are the ceilings so high? What do you need all that space for? So poorly designed. It was so funny. Um, And then Professor Walsh joins them. Uh, and she learns about Buffy, learns about what they're doing. Demons, I... I can start the conversation here, but there's a lot more throughout this episode. About Walsh. Um, about Walsh, where I really wish... So, Walsh is... Walsh dies at the end of this episode. Walsh is the first um, authority figure that believes in Buffy that mm-hmm. doesn't die in one episode. Sure. And so, for that, I'm grateful. I'm glad we got... And she's 13, a woman. And she's a woman. Yeah. And we got 13 episodes with her. Um my gripe is I wanted more. It's like you gave us more and I still want more. Mm-hmm. I want like I want and we'll get into it. We'll get into well I'll, I'll talk about it once we get to those deeper scenes, but yeah. I want I wanted more like turmoil between her and Buffy in particular. Yeah, me too. I do think that this was such an early like like the meat of this episode Buffy going down into the tunnels, you know, um Yeah. incorrectly i guess that feels like we should have saved it for like she should have like been in the initiative we should have got her to like drink the kool-aid a little yeah until she realizes but it's like this episode is trying to do the work of like i would i would argue three or four maybe five episodes of work for sure yeah and so i guess the thing that i would have preferred is because in this episode, Buffy goes from like, yeah, cool, I'm like in, to like asking too many questions, kind of thinking some stuff is suspicious, questioning the whole like organizational makeup of the military industrial complex in general. Right. And then immediately in this episode, she knows that the initiative is evil and they yeah. have to fight them. And so that's the kind of thing where it's like, I think it would be a lot more narratively interesting if if Buffy, like I said, drank the Kool-Aid, if she was like yeah. in it, like, like maybe still do the asking too many questions and everything. But it's like literally immediately she's like, I have questions about this, this, this and what's behind that locked door. And right. they're like, uh, well, you know, you, you can't <laughs> really ask her. those questions. And yeah. And then Professor Walsh is like, well, she's got to die. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know so that, about yeah, that necessarily. Um, yeah, that's that's where my because I think. And I don't want this to be painted as like bias of I want, you know, the representation of uh, of the military and those who join the military to be more accurate. It's more like I want I think it could have been a great metaphor for mm-hmm. how the military can manipulate young kids yeah. into joining the military. Absolutely. The way it's played right now is just like Riley's just kind of a dummy for signing away his life and agreeing to do whatever they want. And if you're smart like Buffy, then you'll ask questions and you won't go in. And I'm like, it's not that simple. Yeah. They prey on people. And like you could do a story where she gets wrapped up on it. 100%. Just as happens with most people getting in the military, whether they still love it or not. It's like it's definitely a manipulative nature of the military to get young kids in. 
Because and let's follow let's follow that thought experiment backwards four years to what or four or five years to when Riley was 17 and about to graduate small town farm Iowa high school. Yep. Some fucking recruiter showed up at his high school and was like, we'll pay for your college. Right. And that was all he needed to get off the farm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's like it's I think the thing that this that even this show in this season doesn't get a, it, it gets it pretty right, in my opinion, but it doesn't get it completely right is how insidious it can be, where it's yeah. like Riley's just getting told over and over and over. You're working for the greater good. You're a part of this organization that is like doing the right thing. We're doing good stuff and we're ju- we're just trying to learn about the people. But then it's like you go back not even 50 years and you're like the Tuskegee experiments and then yeah. like, you know, 80 years and you're looking at the Holocaust. And it's like right. we are not far enough removed from that to be doing experiments on other life forms like right, this yeah. sentient humanoid anthropomorphic life forms. And I think that's where when you get this boy who's from Iowa, who's never had any other experience in his life involved in something like this, when he's 17, he has no idea. And to be telling him for the last four or five years not to question orders, just to do what your superiors tell you. And then he keeps getting uh, promoted and and outranking his friends and up and up and up the ranks. That starts to feel good and you're he's getting yeah. positive reinforcement. And so I I like what we do for the rest of the season, which is like kind of unbrainwashing him from right. stuff like that. But it also is like, I don't think and I obviously this is, you know, this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is not what their point is. But right. it's like, I think we could have gone a little deeper simply by having Buffy more involved in the initiative for longer. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because it's it's literally like thirty five minutes that she's uh, of she's yeah runtime. Well, that's that's, cause that's the thing is like they definitely tell this story where it's like you understand he was he was um, recruited at a young age, yeah. and then they he did exactly what everybody, myself included, does, where they're like, oh, I was a young kid, and I was like, oh, what we're doing is right, yeah, regardless of where I went or you know what I served during the Iraq beginning of the Iraq War, it's like. You're in there and you think, you know, my government, especially as a kid, especially being raised to thinking like the government Uh does the right thing. So you're in the military like, oh, they're just doing the right thing. And, you know, I'll go where they tell me to. And so you you, we experienced that from Riley. And like you said, we we get his deprogramming. But I think having Buffy go through it Mm -hmm. would help the audience see how you get pulled into it and then have her come out of it yeah. and bring Riley out of it and you can get backstory and like 100%. understand how Riley yeah. got pulled into it because you witnessed Buffy get pulled into it. I think that yeah. would be so much more. Because that's the other thing too is we never really do get very much backstory from Riley, only that he grew yeah. up on a farm in Iowa. That's literally it. And obviously that could be fake. Yeah. You know, there's never any indication that it is, but it absolutely could be. You never know. Mm-hmm. And so... I definitely agree with that. And I also think it could have done it could have done one uh, or both of two things for their relationship. It could have either put some fissures in their relationship sooner mm-hmm. or it could have brought them closer together 
because oh, they're both sure, yeah. dealing with this thing at the same time. It could have brought them closer together so that they both know what each other is going through and they could have had a more compelling relationship if they were like on some kind of ride like this together. It could have done either of those things and it could have actually done both of those things where yeah. like they could have gotten closer first and then as time wore on, Riley's like, you know, this like actually really messed me up and my life and I don't know what I'm doing and like all of this. It just would have made their relationship so much richer. Whereas like right now, I'm like literally counting the minutes until right. well, we're done. It, it That would have been a much... I don't. I feel like Riley wouldn't be as hated if they a lost yeah. the jealousy of Buffy and b told this more compelling story. Hundred percent. Like his whole life got flipped upside down and he yeah. couldn't mentally handle it and he had to end it. Or yeah. he and Buffy agreed. Like they just made it, and then it wouldn't be this whole hate Riley campaign because yeah. it's just like rightfully so. And I, hear me out, like or listen to me <laughs> when I say I do not like Riley, no. and especially by the time he leaves, like. He is he is bad for Buffy. He's bad for the yeah. show, but it's because he was written poorly from here on out. And, and I also think he's another kind of uh, another casualty of the the writing where it's just yeah. like I just think that his character had so much potential, but they focus on other parts of it. Yeah. You know, and so it's like it doesn't really nothing really pops about Riley. Yeah. So it's just sort of, I don't know, Spike calls him white bread for a reason. So yeah, he's very basic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot, lot about Riley in this opening scene. We're really um, like, we're all over the place today. This is going to be a I, long episode. And I, I didn't I think it thought was. The I and team would be a long episode. Of another we keep podcast, saying like, that about yeah. these episodes that we didn't think would be long. And then they're like the We're like, all we have to say about things like, um, like school hard or, uh, lovers walk we're just like oh my god it's so oh, good and we spike. gush over spike for like five minutes and then it's like the shortest episode we've ever right. done i think it's because on the good episodes where everything's executed well there's not necessarily a lot to talk about we're just like, like this nitpick. is great i love yeah. this and there's nothing more to add whereas these we get snippets of what we could have and we can go yeah. on whole tangents of like oh it would be great if the abc what these so like it's such a great show but it has so much potential for much more greatness absolutely um and so then the next scene is Tara and Willow. <clears throat> and it, it breaks my heart every time I watch this scene, knowing yeah. what's going to happen. If you wanted to try out some spells with it sometime, I wouldn't say no. Maybe tonight. I mean, if you're not doing something, you could come over and we could do something. Tonight, that sounds really nice. But tonight, I uh, already have plans with people other. Oh. Because... Tara like opens up. You can tell she's super nervous about yeah. asking Willow to come over. And Willow does the quote unquote responsible thing of like, I actually already made plans. Like mm-hmm. I have to, you know, I'm going to go with my friends. But then Buffy, just, oh, I can't. I'm so mad. We'll get to it in the scene. But like, I get so sad for Willow in the scene. I'm like, oh, yeah. you don't even know you're going to get blown off. Yeah. But it, turn, it turns out to be fine because Tara... Yeah, but it actually that hurts my feelings more because Tara's just sitting there waiting. Because it, she's, I mean, she stops being, but she's a doormat. Yeah, like at this point, she's a doormat, and she just is is. like, "I'll take whatever time you'll give me," as opposed to like, "I'm worth being your first choice." And again, I'm with Willow, where I'm like, "You already have a commitment. Like, make plans for another day. You have a commitment." She has no way of knowing Buffy's going to stand her up. But she also has made a commitment with Xander and Anya. 
Yeah, so, but Xander and Anya leave. So only after Buffy comes. Only after the commandos year. are there because Anya is so yeah, uncomfortable. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they leave, and I think since they're off dancing, she didn't yeah. want to be a third wheel with Buffy not being there. So yeah, and 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 to to Willow's credit, she doesn't go and say like. Hey, you know, I'm free, so let's fucking party. <laughs> she even says, like, I'm sure you have plans. I just yeah. wanted you to know that they canceled, so I'm available if you're... Like, it is a very yeah. sweet... And Tara does eventually grow out of this. Oh, 100%. And I do I do also... You're totally right. I love that it's not like a, well, I have better plans, but if those better plans fall through, I'll come right. over. It's just like, she had a prior commitment, and when her entire prior commitment blew her off, she was like, well, I'm going to go be where I want to be then. Right, yeah. You know, so... Because like, you could tell yeah. she, she genuinely wanted to hang out with Tara anyway, yeah. and then she was like, but I have this thing... And her relationship with Buffy is important to her as well. It's not like I have to go to this thing. It was like, well, that's important too. And I have that that responsibility to yeah. show up to the thing I plan. Maggie reveals she's unsure of Buffy. And yeah. we get the reveal of Adam in this scene. How did the tour go? I'm not sure. She's unpredictable. She's an unnecessary risk. Possibly. How's our baby doing today? Adjusting nicely. Reflexes, motor functions, all off the charts. That's what I like to hear. Almost time to wake up, Adam. And take your first look at the world. I really like Matt, the actress who plays Maggie Walsh's performance in this episode until the end. I don't like the end scene. Well, um, that's on purpose. No, I there's something there's something in particular that I don't okay. like about the end scene. Okay. Um but not 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 her acting. I there's something in particular about the dialogue in oh, okay. the end scene that I really don't like. Um, her, but she's great. There's there's a lot going on with the way she's just like even when she's not talking, like you can just tell a lot's going yeah. through her mind. Um, the Scoobies are at the bronze, so this is the scene that I just that makes my skin crawl. Anya doesn't like that Xander's selling these bars. He talks to, he talks like a caveman to Anya, which yeah. Let me put it in a way you'll understand. Sell bars, make money, take Anya nice places, buy pretty things. It does make sense. All right, I support you. You know, I, like, okay. I get I get that it's comedy like he's he's but it's also just like it it's doesn't in, stop it's like, in character for Xander especially in this moment yeah but also like this is just such a bad move for Xander all around like these bars yeah. are terrible like you're not even selling yeah. like chocolate or something like you're you're killing me he's just trying to make quick easy money um also one of the <laughs> one of the flavors is like almond and licorice or something <laughs> disgusting that sounds disgusting it's so gross and then buffy shows up with the initiative and i'm i just wrote holy shit read the room buffy like i'm so annoyed in this scene yeah i'm with anya when she's like i'm going away to dance like she's like what the fuck what are you doing buffy this how can you be so dense to not realize this wasn't the move Especially because in the scene where Buffy and Willow have coffee earlier in the episode, Willow is like, and she does it again in this scene too, but she's like, oh, you know, it's just like, hasn't been just us Scoobies for a while. And like, we were really looking forward to you being there. And then again, she reiterates it in this scene. And she's like, I thought it was going to be just us. Like, what the hell? And it's just, I like, that's the thing about these episodes that I, that I don't like very much is that, 
it just they make Buffy stupid. Yeah. Like Buffy's they just her, acting stupid in yeah, it, these episodes. It feels out of character. I'm like, you you know your friends. And she even says, because Willow's like, well, if I had known we could bring people, I would have brought I could have brought someone. Yeah. And Buffy's just like, totally my bad, all my bad. And the way she delivers the line is is in character for what they wrote, which is yeah. she doesn't genuinely mean it. She's just trying to like solve the problem and yeah. then move on to like, well, who's this other person? And it's like, no, 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 we need this is this is Dead Man's Party. This is Yoko Factor. This is yeah. Empty Places. And we're scratching at it. And then we only bring it up when those big moments happen. Yeah. And Don't get annoying. me started <laughs> on Empty Places. <laughs> oh! <laughs> like, that's going to be a three-hour episode. We're going to have to like <laughs> set aside a whole afternoon for yeah. Empty Places. <laughs> oh, my God. I get so angry just thinking about it or when people post pictures of it. Mm-hmm. There, did you ever see the Twitter thing where someone basically... Uh, did a thread and they wrote dialogue on the screen of Buffy just reading them, reading every single one of them. It is the funniest. So no, but I have read many fan fictions <laughs> where it's she so does good. the same. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and so yeah, Willow and Buffy are talking. Uh, I just said Willow's got solid fucking points about yep. Buffy just signing right up with no questions. Again, if this was the story, that'd be great. Yeah. But it kind of isn't. She just signs, like, she signs right up and then they're immediately evil. And it's just like, well, that's not anything. Yeah. That's just moving the plot along. Yeah. And it's weird that she didn't ask any questions. Um, But uh, then the initiative debrief, Buffy does ask some questions. I felt like this one in particular wasn't necessarily... It's weird because this scene, I don't think, is necessarily in response to Willow saying, do you ask questions? I feel like Buffy would do this regardless yeah, like, try, I mean, trying to understand the demon she's gonna fight, especially because she does say in the scene where she's like, "Why are they here? Sacrifices, treasure, or are they just getting rampagey?" I find it's easy to predict their responses if I know uh, they're not sentient, just destructive, I believe. And I think right. that that's totally, totally valid. And like these questions are, these questions are so valid and so yeah. non-intrusive, kind of that. Like for me. It's more suspicious that they're annoyed that she's asking them because also she has more confirmed kills than everyone in the initiative combined. Right. So like she is clearly the expert in the scenario and you are treating her like someone who like just got out of basic training yesterday. Right. (laughs) It's like, that's not the other, the other soldiers in that room should be like, why do they not want to answer this? Like a (laughs) hundred percent. And also I don't know if it ever comes up, but Riley, when they get the page, Riley says, mother wants us. Oh yeah. Is that not weird? uh, They just call her that. It's weird because uh, I never call anybody mother in the military, but I think because she's a scientist, it's just like their code name for her, maybe. Like, Ugh. yeah, it's gross. Yuck! <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't like it. Um, Willow goes to Tara's neck in the next scene. Um, and that nothing to add. We already talked about that. I just yeah. genuinely love their courtship. Like, I just think it's... I also... Thing. with Something we skipped over a little in their first scene is I think it's very sweet that Tara wants to give Willow this, like, heirloom, essentially. Yeah. And I do love that Willow is like, I could literally yeah. never. Yeah. But, like, that's so sweet. Thank you. But I just think it's like... I think Tara is, like, in it 
all like all the way in it from oh, yeah. moment one. And like Tara knows. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tara and knows Willow's she's a lesbian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tara is aware of her lesbianism, <laughs> yeah. but Willow is still coming into that. So I think it's very sweet how how in Tara is, and I think that that's a gesture of that. I think I think Tara's behavior also is a lot like um fuck what's her name from Stranger Things Maya Hawke's character. Oh, um, Robin. Robin is a lot like how Robin is with Katie. Nan- is Nancy? Not not with Nancy, the girl that she likes in the band. Oh, uh, shit. I don't remember her name. She played Anne where, with an E, but I don't remember her name. Yeah, but where she's like nervous because of the surrounding sure. world of outing yourself to yeah. someone who's potentially not gay. Um, so I think part of that is also in Tara's yeah. hesitation. Um, but yeah, I think it's good. I love their courtship too. I think it's very sweet. Um, Buffy patrolling with the initiative. She finds out there was a time Riley didn't like her. I, Jen, I think that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> but I know she likes you. In fact, she liked you before I did. Really? Told me so herself. What do you mean she liked me before you did? Uh, you didn't like me? I think it's pretty funny too. I think what I don't like is... Uh, Riley makes a crack at her about she because she's very then self-conscious. She's like, should I not have asked him any questions? I feel like she hates me now and like all this stuff. And he's like, I think she's just surprised because you never raised your hand in class. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) That's not her job. This is her job. She has questions about her job. (laughs) We don't need to make jabs, you dick. (laughs) She's going to school for the benefit of everyone else. She's not going to school because she's like desperately wants a psychology degree. She's going to school for her mom and for Giles and for Willow. That's why Buffy's going to school. This is her job. She's allowed to have questions about what she does for a job. I, I saw red. When he said that, I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Get- I will end you. It's also, this is also your job. You should be asking questions. Right, yeah. It I, killed I, I me. Think, I think part of it, too, is probably, and just in my head canon, is the embarrassment of not asking those questions. Maybe. And you see that in this episode, Riley starts to realize, like, I should be curious. Yeah. Like, what is 314? Um, but yeah, no, it is shitty. I do like that. Um, Buffy keeps talking and Riley's like, I mean, I know you're super powered, but like, I'm not. I have to focus focus. so I don't die. (laughs) I also, um, to go back a little bit, cause it's also, you're totally right. It's, it's having this outside influence of Buffy that makes him start questioning stuff is, is great. I actually really like that, but I think it can't be understated how much, we as children in America are brainwashed to think that our government can't do anything wrong. Right. Like, and I think they still do it, but like when we were growing up for sure, it was pledge of allegiance every morning, like singing the star spangled banner at every sports event. It's just very like, you know what other country does that? North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's not amazing. It's not yeah, no, great. I, I, after I got out of the military, it was a few years after I got out of the military, I started to see the um, Pledge of Allegiance with a lot of distaste. And that's not to say I don't love my country and any audience <laughs> members that are going to be angry or flip out. I'm just saying, like, it's weird to require children to pledge allegiance yeah. to the government. Like, 
it's just fucking weird. It's also, just objectively it says the, weird. It says the word God, and we're doing it in public school. That's yeah. It's it's all just so very wrong. Weird. So um, I think that's that's also very important. Where like, which could go back to the thing that we were saying earlier, which is that like, if they were dealing with this kind of more together, it would be better because like Buffy would it would have gotten into it a little bit more, but it would be so much easier for her to lift out because yeah. again, he comes from like good old Americana, Iowa. It's way easier to be, have been br- fully brainwashed your entire life. Whereas Buffy grew up in Southern California. Right. That's not as like, you know, red, white, Locked and blue down. stars yeah, and stripes, yeah. everything all the time. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and then Forrest is pissed. <laughs> jealous. Um, we already, we, yeah, we already covered. It'd be great if this was a jealousy storyline. Yeah. He's a jealous he's, lover. They see Spike and then Buffy and Riley do a fight sex montage. Ugh. <sighs> okay. It's like I always forget that this exists. Yeah, fir- I didn't remember. <laughs> The first kick when it goes into slow motion, I was like, yeah. what do you do? Oh, right. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it like cut to them like furiously taking their clothes off. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I was like, why are we doing this? Why does this exist? It's just like, I don't know. It's mostly whatever. I get it, you know, but also yeah. this goes to the thing of like Buffy denying that slaying gets her hot. Yeah. Because like it very clearly does. Right. Like they it's, they yeah. like incapacitate the Polgara demon and she's immediately like, "Oh my god. What now?" <laughs> like yeah. looking at him with bedroom <laughs> eyes and it's like, "Come on, man. Like yeah. obviously you're going to go bone. Just accept yeah. it." Why are you suppressing this? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, But also that, it's just like there's no way that Riley knows where the clit is, so no. I just am not I would- I'm like, I was I'm thinking not, about I'm it. not here for it. I was thinking about it this. I was like, in this episode and where the wild things are, I was like, I love how we're we're constantly meant to think that this is like some hot passionate scene. I'm yeah. like, they're just like doing a very slow missionary sex. Like yeah. it's not okay, especially like, <laughs> in where the wild things are. I'm like, you're telling me, you're telling me that when Buffy woke up the next day, it wasn't just like chafed into nothing right. down there. You <laughs> cannot tell me that was satisfying sex for her yeah, no. the entire time. This demon lube. There's yeah. no way. It's, yeah, that, I can't wait to hopefully get through that episode very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Xander's trying to sell Giles candy bars. I love that Anya being honest is what gets Giles to be like, fine. Yeah, whatever. he's like, okay, fine, she's like, whatever. Just tell him the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Just skip this part and tell him you want money to buy me pretty things. He'll understand. Very well. Um, uh, maple walnut. And then he immediately tells him to leave when he tastes it. Uh, Spike shows up and oh, I said I love that they don't want to admit that they enjoy having him around like Xander's see Xander seems hurt that Spike said stay away from me and I'm like yeah you want him around like I've been trying to keep him off my scent run him in circles but they keep coming um how is this our concern seeing that you've expressed a desire to have nothing more to do with us Spike said that Mm. that hurts also It is extremely important to note he has not been disinvited from Giles' apartment. He walks right in that bitch. Yep. 
It's good. It's good. I think Spike Spike defanged is it really lets them see like as much I think they put on a front of disliking him. And yeah. Xander obviously has his trauma from Jesse mm-hmm. that makes him dislike Spike and Angel. Does he though? We never talk about it. <laughs> exactly. It's just like there's there's definitely they they didn't write it, but it it tracks with everything that yeah. like and it's Giles's fault because he says your friend's not in there. Mm-hmm. That is just a soulless demon. So he just in order to cope with that, yeah, the fact that he technically killed his friend, he's just like, well, then no, there is no humanity in these demons. So he has to latch onto that until he like grows up and matures in the comics. But I think deep down, Spike being defanged, he's such a charming person. Yeah, he's funny and charming and fun to be around mm-hmm. when he's not trying to kill you. That it's like hard to not want, like even from like a out like not. I love Spike and I love Spuffy sure. World. Yeah. Even just objectively, he's a fun person to be around. Yeah. So like, I think subconsciously they're like, yeah, sure. What What are no, you up fine. to, Spike? Let's yeah. fuck around. When, and they even like later in the season, they go to Spike yeah. and like treat him like an ally because they just he's just so fun and loving and I mean not loving but yeah no but you're totally you're absolutely totally right and also when we get there at the end there is some significant eye contact at the end of the episode oh oh oh, oh boy um buffy and riley wake up and buffy is excited that the person she slept with is still in the bed with her which I is get it yeah um it's also just like uh, yeah yeah i mean jesus yeah. it would be great wouldn't that be <laughs> great <laughs> this poor girl jesus christ um uh, Riley takes his vitamins, explains, explains his life as a military man, um, which is where we get that introduction. Uh, and this is where I think she's taking heed to what Willow said, because she's mm-hmm. asking him a lot of questions, yeah. more than she has been. And she's just like, wait a minute, what is going on? Why do you just do whatever you're told? Yeah. Which is, and it's it's true, because everybody asked me that, too. They were like, well, if you, and my kids ask me all the time, too. They're like, well, what if you said no? I was like, well, then they would put me in jail. She's like, jail? <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, they would punish me. And then if I continue to say no or like not do it, yeah, they put sure. you in jail. She's, yeah. And she's like, wouldn't they fire you? And I was like, no, you don't get out until You're like, you, it's like, technically you, treasons. Yeah. I was like, you give them your life for a certain <laughs> amount of years and then you do it. Like, yeah. But it's, it is hard for people not in the military to like, understand that scope like giving everything up and yeah. you know you look back on it and you're like Jesus Christ I signed my life to a <laughs> what was I of, actually thinking it's so insane <laughs> I I I for my to my fellow Marines I, I love all of my Marine Corps years I love all the people I met I love that I served I am who I am because I went to the military <laughs> but you know the government is not all trusting i guess if we're doing caveats both of my parents were in the military as well yeah. so i'm like i'm very aware of, of yeah. like the inner workings of stuff but it is right. also i am also an adult who can think for myself and so That's... i would have a lot of questions about orders people were giving me and i don't think that they would like me in the army that's the thing is this like i feel like I, I was all in it obviously i grew up in a very christian republican family and same and same for the community and military family and everything. So like it was a natural trajectory to go into the Marine Corps. My father was a Marine. My grandfather was a Marine. Um, is uh, and I am now 
pushing on getting close to 40 (laughs) and can think and and it's not to say i can think for myself now because obviously you know there's 40 50 60 year old captains generals lieutenant colonels whatever and they're grown men but they've all grown men and women and they've been in the military though Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and i'm going on this whole tangent but it's it's mostly to say like you're in the military you're in it i understand what that's like and then when you get out, you experience the world outside of that, and you're just like, oh. And that's why they go after kids. Yep. Because if you get to be 35, and you live on your own, and you're making all these decisions, there and there were people who joined. I was a corporal, and there were people who joined who were like 30, 35, and they were you know, uh, lesser rank than me. And they did not like having to take orders from this 20-year-old kid who didn't yeah. know shit about the world. And they, they, you could see them struggling with having to do everything they mm-hmm. were told. Also, and so it's, it's just interesting to look back on. Your, like, frontal lobe is not done developing until you're, like, 27. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you get someone in there and start indoctrinating them when they are 17, or even yeah. younger if you're doing ROTC or something in high school... Yeah, that was me. You're going to really... That's, you know... Yeah, that can really get in there and and yeah. become very insidious, you yeah. know, in, in a way. I mean, it's like a little, it's a little like a cult, right? And I'm and, willing and it, to take a little more heat than you are because I never yeah. actually served. So, <laughs> I'm and I'm not saying like military is bad. Get rid of the military. No, no, like, no. Obviously, the military serves a purpose, mm-hmm. and people sign up for the reasons that they sign up for. I'm happy that I signed up. I didn't do anything that I regret. Um, I didn't have to go out to Iraq or anything. Um, but it's just, it's just, you get more insight into the decisions you made and what was laid before you, um, when you were a kid. And so, yeah, I think, and I don't think this show was ready to tackle any of that, which is probably why they just rambled through it real quick. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Walsh tells her partner they need to kill Buffy. She's becoming a liability. You knew that was a danger. Does she know about the project? She knows it exists. She already holds too much influence over Riley, over Agent Finn. We move to the contingency scenario? Right away. It's too bad. She could have been a powerful ally. It's just so immediate. It's like, it's literally like she asked too many questions. So the scene before it. She's spying on them having sex. Yeah, she's spying on them having sex. She hears Buffy ask about 314 and she calls riley i mean i also it also doesn't seem like which which okay that also begs the question she's been watching riley just sleep in bed for like eight hours and he calls her mother it's (laughs) fucking weird (laughs) so gross (laughs) Gross. she also sees after she sees them have sex and talking about all the questions and she calls him mm-hmm. to her she sees him spying on room thir- four, 314 and yeah. that's where she's like okay yeah this buffy's gotten into his head this is too far this is where this is what i really like i love the way she performs this role because you can tell maggie walsh doesn't want to do this yeah maggie walsh and i think i think if we got like four more episodes of this mm-hmm. you could really see 
more of an arm twisting thing. Maybe mm-hmm. even the government being like, you take care of her or we're yeah. wiping out your unit kind of thing. You brought her into this. Do, yeah. You need to get her out like, of this. Take, and and because she has that turmoil in this episode, you see her. She she doesn't want to kill Buffy, but she feels like she has to because she's already threatening this project that they're doing and the entire foundation and her quote unquote yeah. son. And so I I really like her performance up until that last scene. Okay. Um, she performs. I just said she just performs this so well. Uh, Scooby's getting the tracer out of Spike. Yeah. Uh, Xander's military knowledge strikes again. Although yeah. I feel like any common sense person would be like a metal thing with a blinking light. That's a tracer. Yeah. Like- <laughs> also, he like we he's confirmed that he likes James Bond movies. You know, right, he, he like- likes spy movies, mystery movies, and stuff like that. So it's you know. It's just a way for them to get that sentence in there. But, like, I believe Xander would know that anyway. I feel like all of them. I'm like, you've determined that it's not poison and it's not a tranquilizer. Yeah. There's only one other option. What would they shoot into him? Like, I also when Spike first arrives, he's like, I can't lose them. Like, they, they keep finding me. Yeah, it's just like, let's use common sense, guys. And here's the other thing. If we want to talk about common sense for, like, the initiative, here's my issue. Why isn't there a tracker in the chip? Oh, right. That's There's no tracker in the chip. And, like, if this is what you're trying to do, like, because presumably, presumably the goal was going to be to, like, modify the most violent demons and then release them back into the wild and see what happened. Right. But if you... Aren't, but then you can't trace them if there's nothing in the chip that's... What the yeah. fuck? It's they so stupid. They should definitely be able to track the tri- chip. Yeah, that seems like a, like they forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because Spike escaped like sooner than they wanted him to. Maybe they were going to put a tracer in him. I feel like the chip should just have it built yeah, in. Yeah, like, I agree. I don't especially know. Especially because... If we go off of the this fucking long ass episode, if we go <laughs> off of the um what we talked about in uh what was the episode the the episode where he attacked Willow and we we revealed it oh sure we pointed we pointed out that he hit scientists and we're like they must have activated it after he got after, out yeah and so it's like if you can throws, remotely activate it yeah he throws one of them into a tree in this episode right. and like yeah. maybe the fact that he's like using a net to do it but like that guy slams into a tree and yeah, spike has no like, reaction yeah yeah <laughs> just saying um, inconsistent inconsistent uh but yeah so they're getting this the tracer out of spike Willow and Buffy arrive in their dorms. They're very awkward with each other because they were both out with someone else the uh, night before. God forbid. It's college. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ma- Maggie sends Buffy on a mission. And so this is, it, it, it hurts my heart because I feel like, you know, I'm sad for Buffy, but I'm upset that they don't treat Maggie's betrayal with a level of sadness from Buffy because this is something she seeks out. Yeah, she's just angry. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Yeah, she's just angry. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, essentially. And it's like, but if we're trying to state a character of the way she treats people in authority believing in her, she should be like upset about this. And I think she would be if we followed that story for like four episodes and had her get entrenched and then get betrayed and like let it be messy. Absolutely. I think that would be compelling. Um, Willow blurs the tracker, the tracer signal. Uh, Buffy goes in the sewer. She realizes a trap. She fights. Her heartbeat stop. 
<laughs> her and heartbeat I, only stops because the thing gets taken off yeah, of her. They're like, it's it so, tracks her heartbeat. Yeah, it's poorly designed. It's I was like, so, so poorly designed. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's also like, the, the, I mean, I know it's just, you know, they, a mistake in production, but like the camera is on the ground as if it's in Buffy's head because it's like rolling as it, it's not flat on the ground. Yeah and motionless it's like as if it's on her head and she's looking i was like well that doesn't track and it's all to make you think you know obviously of course he's dead uh maggie walsh legit has turmoil on her face in this one like you can tell she's upset that she did it you can tell she's upset that she's gonna have to tell riley and how he's gonna deal with it i really like her performance yeah and i and i love in contrast to her final scene i love that she's not a menacing villain that she's just doing what she thinks she needs to do because of the military and science and everything. Yeah. Here's um, the thing though. I think I might not have hated a human villain. Oh yeah. No, in I this been season down. because we haven't actually had we one haven't had that yet. Yeah. We don't, yeah. I don't, do we ever get season a big six human villain? Oh, right. but is he human? They're all human. Oh, sorry. Season six. <laughs> what were you thinking? I of? don't, I thought you were talking about Caleb. Uh, no, oh no. Um, uh, no, I don't, I don't necessarily consider yeah. the trio a villain i can i consider I them mean. like an absolute nuisance i consider them the precursor <laughs> to the villain of this what season. about katrina no they're they're awful okay. they are they are terrible villainous pieces of garbage <laughs> i just never think of them as a villain because yeah. they're so like unsuccessful at everything sure um but yeah, no, you're right. That is, we do get human villains in season six. I I was thinking more like an actual menacing villain that can like a like imagine Angelus, but a human. Sure, or like, even like if if Ethan had stuck around, right? Yeah, at any like, point, do yeah. a real actual scary and the complication of like Buffy can't kill humans kind yeah. of thing. That would be interesting. Um, and we got obviously, but Fate's not technically yeah human, yeah going yeah by like supernatural. Um. Riley and the guys are searching the tracer. They realize it got flushed. Buffy kills the demons. Maggie tells Riley that Buffy's dead. Read to report Hostel 17 still at large. I've left Beta team to comb the area. Riley, something's tracer. happened. I, I, I don't know what to say. It's, it's, it's about Buffy. Buffy? Two of our hostels broke free and escaped into the tunnels. She went after them on her own. She's dead, Riley. What? I did everything I could to stop her. I told her to wait for a backup team. She kept insisting she didn't need any team. She could handle it by herself. I'm so, so sorry. I don't understand. I know what she meant to you. How could this happen? She was a very, very special girl. I didn't understand at first. But she had something. I don't know. Maybe maybe I could have stopped her. It's hard not to blame myself. I love Mark Lucas's performance in this because it's very good. Actually, I noted that today as well. You can tell, like that, the thought of Buffy dying was so far so foreign. From his brain, yeah. like he can't even process what she just said. Yeah, like, it's really well done. Where you're like, wait, what? Like, I agree. I just saw her two hours ago. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. Is uh, this so? Is this the performance that you have an issue with, Lindsay Krause? Or is it no. the actual final? Okay, because I have the an issue action. with her here. She is oh, okay. so she okay because she's an actually really good actress. She does a lot of yeah. Broadway, so she's like an actually really good bro- or actress. Yeah, but she's she's so over the top, and then she like 
puts her hand on her face and she's like, I just don't know how it could have happened. It's so bad. I love when really good actors have to act like they're bad actors. Yeah. Because if we talk about it with Charisma Carpenter trying to be an actress on Angel. And yeah. there's this really fun show called Leverage where like the main grifter in their group is like trying to be a legitimate actress and she's really bad at it when she's acting, but when she's grifting, she's incredible. And uh-huh. I, I fucking love stuff like that. I can't get enough. It's so funny. <laughs> she's just like over the, she's like over the top sort of like trying to create a rough facsimile of like adjacent grief where like, she's yeah. not sad about it because Buffy was just a soldier, but she knows that Riley was sad about it. So she has to have like just the right mix of like concern and like taking oh, the blame off herself. Yeah. You're, you're referencing the way she's telling Riley. Yes. Yeah. So oh, like, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Lindsay yeah. Krause is doing an amazing job. Maggie Walsh is doing, a, doing terrible a terrible job. job. Yeah, of acting. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no, when, you, when your that. kid lies to you and yeah. you're like, I know that you're lying. Like right, you yeah. have, you have powdered sugar from the donuts you ate all over your mouth. And they're like, yes. I didn't do it. The dog did. And it's like, I, no the dog did it's funny, it it's funny too because it's like i like like you i agree with you i like the way i like it when this happens when you're just like you are not good at this yeah and it's hilarious um i hate it when this happens and like you basically you want the person to be able to succeed and you're like why are you delivering the lines like this it is so obvious you're lying i'm getting so nervous right now so my perfect example for that is walter white in every single episode of breaking bad (laughs) he is so bad at lying to his wife he's like long pauses and i was like why does she believe you you are not doing this well long pauses (laughs) too many excuses and yeah. like too much detail and yeah. i'm like all you have to say is car trouble dude i had car trouble yeah. that's all you it's, have to say yeah, yeah it's, it's so, so funny yeah um but yeah no I, I at first i thought you were talking about her reaction to him walking off which i really like riley agent finn i order you to stop agent finn I like that she's so up. She's so torn. Like yeah. she's devastated. She basically just lost her son. Oh, for sure. Her her favorite uniformed soldier. Yeah. Like everything's falling apart, and like she her her world is crumbling, and like she's basically just she's just like Agent Finn Riley. Like I I <laughs> yeah. love it. I think it's such a great performance. Well, that's fine um, because she's not acting anymore at right, that exactly, point. So yeah. she's very good. That's but it's like yeah, when she is. Pantomiming grief. It's so so hilarious. Oh, oh, Riley. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, my. Um, And then Buffy said, Not this time, bitch. Yeah. Buffy said, Surprise, Um, bitch. I bet you've seen the last of me. Professor Walsh, that simple little recon you sent me on wasn't a raccoon. Turns out it was me trapped in the sewers with a faulty weapon and two of your pet demons. If you think that's enough to kill me, you really don't know what a slayer is. Trust me when I say you're gonna find out. Uh, Riley walks out of Maggie. Maggie, um, ultimate. I said Maggie was ultimately her own undoing. She thought oh, she yeah. was she was gonna stop this, but she basically did it herself, which mm-hmm. is tale as old as time. Um, 
Scoobies and Spike talking about how unsafe it is for Spike and then Buffy answers that it's not safe for anybody. And now we're all going to be together for the rest of the season, which is... There was significant eye contact. She looks at Spike first. Ooh. She looked at him first. The minute she walks in and said it's not safe for any of it, any of us, and he turns around, they lock eyes, and then she makes eye contact with the rest of them. Also, Spike jumped to his fucking feet when Buffy walked in that room, which she always does. On your feet when the queen enters, please. <laughs> Didn't I bring it up in a previous episode where like Buffy walked in and he immediately stood up? I think, I think I, he I, like he he likes to be on an even footing with her. Yeah, he's, I think yeah. it's important. It's great. Oh, so good. It's so good. Um, and so then this final fucking scene with Maggie. Okay. That I've been alluding to this whole episode. What I hate about it is we just got this really great episode that we both agreed could have been four episodes sure. of us really, you know, letting this breathe. We got this really great performance from Maggie Walsh of who she is, what she thinks of Buffy what she felt she needed to do, and it, there's a lot of turmoil. And then they're like, now just be be a quote-unquote villainous bitch. Yeah. If she wants a fight, we'll give her one. Won't we, Adam? I've worked too long. Too long to let some little bitch threaten this project. Threaten me. She has no idea who she's dealing with. Once she's gone, Riley will come around. He'll understand. Like, just be like, you know what? I'm going to show that bitch who, who, what's coming for her, and we're going to fucking... I was like, this scene would have been so much more powerful if, if she was been... lamenting. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. She could have been this if she was... So that that's where I that's where I'm at. This scene either could have here in this episode, if it had to happen here, could have been her lamenting blowing up her own world. She's sad. We're yeah. empathizing with her because she ruined her thing. Yep. She's killed. And then we're like, oh my God. And then we're also on Riley's side when he finds out she died. And mm-hmm. we're like, I know that sucks. She like got wrapped up in it. Either that or we do four episodes of this relationship mm-hmm. and Riley gets pulled out of the military with Buffy and they're all like yeah. basically And maybe even Graham. If it's a perfect and, world, yeah. maybe they take Graham yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> they start taking people and then she starts getting twit like her anger starts yeah. twisting inside of her and she becomes a villain. Yeah. That would be but here it's just a, a one eighty out of nowhere. I was like, Yeah, you this whole season you have not been this and now all of a sudden you're just like, that fucking bitch, I'm going to kill her. I'm like, whoa. Also, it was literally like in the timeline of this show and this narrative, it was literally yesterday when Buffy went on her first patrol. Right. So it's like, it, it, that's why I said earlier, I was like, it was so immediate that she was like, she's got to die. And I was like, <laughs> I just don't think it's too fast. It happens yeah, way were, too you fast. You were shocked in our last episode. I was like, yeah. in the next episode when Maggie dies, you're like, I was like, what? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I straight up forgot. It's weird that she dies so early. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, this this episode, um, the 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 you know the the oft forgotten ones seem to be our longest episodes. It's true. I mean, there's just in even in addition to it being like you know not incredible, I guess like not incredible writing or whatever. It also just is like, I do forget about these episodes and like whenever they're on, they're not my favorite episodes. So I don't pay as close attention, but like watching it for the express purpose of paying attention and then talking about it after I am picking up on things 
a right. little more this time around that I I normally don't yeah. when I'm just watching this for enjoyment. So yeah. it's definitely a different uh, perspective that I'm gaining. I'm, a, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, next week, we're going to watch She on Angel. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Weirdly, a lot of people hate that episode. I mean, not weirdly. Mm-hmm. I understand why a lot of people hate it, but I really enjoy it. I think it's fine. Um, I think it's sort of funny because people also really hate the Biling episode of Lost, and I don't get it. <laughs> I wonder why. I think the... they're both pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's good. Uh, season one of Angel is just... It's just a longer version it's, of season one of Buffy. Yeah, and it's I think choppy. that's part of what the what the draw is or yeah. what the problem with season one of Angel is. I'm totally um, agree. But yeah, that's it for this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carley. And I'm with my other show at So I'm Watching or my personal account at FiddleDD85. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.